Welcome to The Grow Show, powered by Steel. On The Grow Show, we share ideas, tips, tactics, and insights to help you grow your landscaping business based on our team's 40 years of experience running a landscaping company and working with other owners and their teams to do the same. New episodes are released weekly on Wednesdays. Filling in for our host, Marty Grunder, this week is Grow Group Vice President, Vince Torchia. I'll let him take it from here. Hi, everybody. Vince Torchia here for the Grow Group on the Grow Show brought to you by Steel. This week, I want to talk to you about compensation. Whether you're retooling your compensation, bringing on new team members, or just reevaluating how you're paying everybody on your team, I want to talk about a couple things that will help you make good, informed decisions about what compensation should look like at your company and how you can change it if you need to. Number one, just kind of a point of a broad statement to make about compensation. You get what you pay for, right? So like anything else in life, if you're willing to pay A prices, you should be getting A talent. If you're paying C wages, you're probably getting C talent, right? Now, there's a stage of everybody's life where pay means different things to them, but you've got to understand that if you're looking for A plus talent, you've got to pay A plus wages. What does that look like? That's at a minimum paying above market wages for your market. How do you know what those are? You can go on Indeed, you can go on LinkedIn, maybe your competitors post it on your trucks, maybe they don't, but you can at least see in your area, what are your competitors paying? Let's beat that wage. Number two, we're not just competing against the landscaping companies or the snow companies or the lawn care companies, we're competing against everybody else, right? Whether it's a Starbucks or an Amazon or a Walmart or a construction company, whatever the case may be, We're competing for the same labor talent from the same labor pool. So a good rule of thumb is usually Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A usually pays their people pretty well in markets, usually above average in the market wage. They publish it. You can see what they get for it. But do yourself a favor. Run a little gut check against the Chick-fil-A in your area. How are you paying new team members versus them? What are the benefits? Is it apples to apples? But run that scenario in your head and see, you know, even in my area, whether or not they're looking for landscape jobs, am I competitive, right? Could I pull the... 22-year-old kid away from Chick-fil-A and maybe have him come work for me and teach him the ropes and show him how I can grow. That would be an exciting conversation. So gut check yourself against the Chick-fil-A in your area. Gut check yourself against the competition in your area. But again, I want to be clear, we should be paying above market wages. If we're going to pay average wages, we're going to get average results, which we don't want to do. So you get what you pay for. Let's hire above average on wages for our company. And something that I want to I want to mention before I get into any other tactics is A lot of companies are waiting too long, from my experience, to hire. And they feel a pressure point and they say, man, it's now time for me to hire a new salesperson or boy, I really need to hire a new production manager. We're really busy. If you do that, I'm glad you recognize it, right? That's the first step to any change is recognizing the fact that we have to change. My second thought I want you to have immediately is, okay, why didn't I make this decision 90 days ago? Why didn't I feel this pain? Why didn't I feel this crunch? Why didn't I see this coming? Because ideally, we're hiring three to six months ahead of need. That means we're hiring somebody, training them, onboarding them, giving them the tools to succeed so that we don't necessarily feel that crunch or we don't feel the same crunch because now we've got an extra person in that position. Some of that is a feel thing, right? As you have more and more experience in the industry, you have a better chance of understanding, hey, when are my peaks? Where are my valleys? How can I absorb some of these changes that are happening? Other times, it's just it's metrics driven. If you're looking at your team and seeing that they're busy and they're being efficient, but they're busy and we don't really know what our next step is, we've kind of fine-tuned our systems, fine-tuned our processes, and man, everyone just seems like they're working a ton. Okay, now we know it's probably starting start the hiring process, right? And again, the goal would be to hire somebody three to six months before you need them so you can train them, educate them, and get them on their way 
and not just hire them on day one. Okay, go sell a million dollars worth of work, right? Not a fun scenario for somebody to walk into first day on the job. So before I get into any tactics or any of the conversation, let me just recap very quickly. You get what you pay for. Keep that in mind for compensation. Let's pay above market wages and let's start getting used to hiring ahead of need. Now, you have to have the growth come behind the need, right? Otherwise, we're at a a disconnect here between what we thought was going to happen and what did happen. But well-run companies are growing. They're going to continue to grow. Get in the mindset of let's hire ahead of our need so that we can keep smooth sailing for our company, smooth sailing for our team, smooth sailing for our clients. So compensation, some of the biggest questions we get are how should we organize it? There's a couple of different ways that people organize it outside of just a standard salary or hourly wage. So there's a couple of things that we can look at. Number one, from a sales perspective, sales commissions. Sales commissions are effectively work that salespeople are selling, getting a bonus on that work. Some people just pay on the gross sale that they made. Hey, you're going to get 1% of whatever you sell for the year. Maybe they have margin restrictions. Maybe they have to sell at a certain price. Maybe there's no discounts, right? Maybe all that kind of fine lettering is done for them. But some people are just saying, hey, you're going to get 1% of whatever you sell. Some people are going to go down to the gross margin and say, hey, you're going to get 5% of the gross margin of the work that you sell, right? That means that we're waiting and seeing how the job actually performs, and then we're going to pay you on the gross margin. Some are just saying, hey, we're just going to pay you your salary, and we're going to manage you to hit the goals that we need you to hit. Each one of those programs is good for companies at different stages of their business. If you find that you have to use a bonus program for salespeople, for example, that means you probably aren't big enough yet for a sales manager because what effectively that commission is doing is acting like a manager, right? We're, put, we're giving them the tools to be successful, telling them what's expected of them and letting the bonus program act as the manager. Whereas if you're a larger company and you have a sales manager, they should be managing the activities, managing the workload, managing the sales team to the point where... Yes, they may still be earning bonuses and commissions, but you're not just leaving it to a bonus program. You have a person in there managing, coaching, training, and hopefully willing them to success so that we're going to win either way. The challenge with heavy commission salespeople is that they can sometimes feel on an island, sometimes feel a little disconnect from the company. And in many times, we've set up our overhead assuming the salesperson is going to hit their goal. So if they don't hit their goal, they feel like, well, I didn't make as much money. It doesn't hurt the company when in all reality... We've bought the trucks, we've hired the people, we've set up the organization, anticipating that you are going to hit your goal. So that can be a challenge for some companies to overcome when they're so heavy on commission that, again, it's kind of isolating the salesperson and it doesn't fit the overhead they want to have. Whereas maybe they have a little bit of a higher base and they're still getting commission, but a sales manager is ensuring that we're going to hit the goals that we need to hit and that our overhead recovery is going to stay intact. We are going to be okay and we are going to manage this person to hit the numbers they need to hit. But in sales, that's really the basics that most companies use. Either they're paying them on their gross sales, paying them on their gross margin, or they're just paying them a salary and managing them to hit the goals they need to hit. The goals they need to hit. There's really not much more to it than that. Other companies use escalators saying, hey, we're going to pay you this salary. We're going to pay you this bonus. When you hit certain markers, you're going to get extra bonus applied to you. Maybe you hit a million dollars and now you get an extra bonus as a result of that. Maybe you hit 1.5 million in sales or portfolio. You get a bonus on top of that. Escalators are common as well. Some of that depends on your company and how you want to run that. But I'm just giving you things to, to apply to use at your company, run the math on and see what checks out. So sales, again, pretty straightforward. The biggest thing to know there is who is really going to be responsible for them hitting their goal? Salesperson via their bonus program 
or a sales manager or sales leader coaching them to hit their goal, which again, does put the company in a better spot long term. So that's pretty standard for salespeople. On the production side, usually it's a combination of some sort of production bonus based on maybe hours, based on gross profit, based on productivity, where maybe they're getting either a percentage of their salary back in terms of a bonus, or there's some calculation similar to salespeople where they're going to earn, you know, 1% of the gross margin that they manage or 3% of the gross margin they manage. But production people really is about getting the work done, which relates back to hours, materials, subcontractors, things like that, that they're managing and working through those. So again, different commission opportunities for them would be just the bonus itself on the work that they do, the percentage of the portfolio that they manage as a production leader, or that percent of their salary as a bonus if we hit our company target goals. For easy numbers, Hey, you know, we want to have a gross profit margin of 55%. If we hit 55% as part of our gross profit margin, you're going to get a 10% bonus based on your W-2. You make $50,000 a year, you get a 5%, you get a $5,000 bonus, something like that for production team members. Now, the caveat with both of these is that those are individual performance. There's always going to be some finger pointing, right, between sales and production. The more that your commission plans and bonus plans take up more of their wages versus their steady salaries, the tighter you need to have those processes because we don't want salespeople blaming production people. We don't want production people blaming salespeople if they're not taking home money personally because their commission or bonus was affected. So rule of thumb typically is that 60 to 75%, especially for salespeople, that should be a base salary, right? We should be showing them the things that they need to do, give them a steady income, give them the opportunity to have some cash flow planning personally they can do. And maybe they can earn another, the other 50 to 45% of their wages through bonuses or commissions, right? Once you drop base pay below 50%, it can be difficult for some people to manage that. Some people thrive on a, you know, no base salary and I just want to work on all commission. Again, that's a personality type, not something I want to build a business around. If those people come in and they want to sell, Maybe we have a seat for them. That's great. But typically, most salespeople, most designers, especially on the construction end, they want some steady payments coming into them. And that's where keeping you know 50 to 65, maybe even 75% of their pay is fixed. And the other can be earned via a bonus. So again, for easy numbers, say a salesperson earns $100 a year, maybe 60 of, 60 of those dollars are guaranteed. 40 of those are going to be earned via a bonus or commission. But keep that in mind as you're designing these. The less management, less coaching, less training you have to do with somebody, typically we see you know more opportunity for commissions or bonuses to fill that void. But if you have the production managers, if you have the sales managers, if you have the leadership who can coach and train, we want to start to maybe use them to manage performance more so than the bonus or the compensation structure. Finally, the big thing on everybody's mind is company profit sharing. That can take a lot of different formats as well. The traditional profit sharing program that companies run is, hey, we're going to set aside X amount of our profits every year and share them with a certain level of the organization. The chunk that each individual gets of that profit that we're sharing depends on a few factors, maybe how long they've been at the company, maybe what position they hold in the org chart, and you know where they are on a leadership team or on a management team. So again, for easy numbers, let's just say that a company does $100 a year in sales. They make 10% profit. They agree that they're always going to share 20% of their net profit 
with a certain level of the organization. So that leaves $2 left, right, that we have left over after our 10% profit to share with the team. And so who gets those $2 and how does that make up? Again, it can depend on whether or not you've, how long you've been at the company, can depend what position you're at, and can depend on uh, how that relates to your individual compensation that you're earning. But that's a traditional model where we're going to set aside a certain number of our profit goal that we have to distribute back to the team. Some companies choose to pay that across all team members. Some companies choose to draw a line and say, we're going to do it at management and above. Obviously, the more people that can partake in profit sharing bonus pay for performance type of behavior, the better. I recognize that every organization can do that. So that's up to you to decide as you evolve as a company, how can we share profits? How can we share them sooner? And to what level can we do it? I will say this about profit sharing. You really have to have very, very good financials, very, very clean financials to be able to do that so that your team can trust you and that they can understand that the numbers that they are looking at and getting and getting bonused on are legitimate and not illegitimate, not inflated, not deflated. And that, again, they can understand how the numbers tie together. As we've learned in our ACE peer groups that we run in partnership with McCarl and Stanford, the biggest challenge related to that is owner compensation. Some owners are paying themselves based on the fact that they're an owner, not based on what they do from a productivity standpoint on a daily basis. And so, as you can imagine, if you're paying yourself a very, very high salary as an owner, but maybe you're not in tune with the day-to-day business or you don't have a sales quota or you're not managing production or you're not doing much on a daily basis, that's kind of money you could be using in other places of the organization. I'm not advocating owners take home less money, but you have other opportunities in the organization to take home pay via distributions, via uh, other avenues that other team members don't have. And so I would question owners, do you pay yourself a market wage? As part of our peer groups that we do, as I mentioned, we have scales that show owners what they should or could be paying themselves. And then we actually recalculate what their net profit is based on that. So you know, if you're a million dollar company and you're paying yourself $300,000 a year, you're probably overpaying yourself. So you're really deflating your profits at the end of the day. Whereas if you're a $2 million company and you're paying yourself $50,000 a year, you probably couldn't pay someone else to do your job for 50 grand a year, depending on what you're doing. So you're kind of inflating your profitability at that point. That question is the one that we use in our peer groups to talk about what you should be paying yourself for the activities that you're doing. What would you pay someone to replace you to do those activities? So if you're an owner who's mostly a salesperson, probably best to pay yourself commensurate with what a salesperson makes at your company as a W-2, you can take home more money via distributions and other things within your company. If you're an owner who's really like a CFO, maybe you should be paying yourself more like a CFO salary. Again, taking home money in other ways like distribution. So all things to think about as you think about compensation. But I do want to leave you with this before I go. As I started, you get what you pay for in every aspect of your company. Let compensation be the same mentality that you have at your organization. I guarantee you that if you pay more and manage accordingly, you will get better talent and you will retain that talent for longer. Pay does go a long way. Maybe you want to introduce after this episode, some sales compensation bonuses, some production bonuses, some profit sharing bonuses, all good things to consider as you go down this journey of compensation. But you get what you pay for pay above market wages, hire before you're ready to hire. And I guarantee you'll watch your team grow and your company succeed. Thanks for listening this week on The Grow Show. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Grow Show. 
Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and head to growgroupinc.com for more information and resources to grow your landscaping business. A special thanks to the folks at Steel, whose support makes this podcast possible and whose reliable handheld power equipment makes our jobs easier daily. We'll talk to you next week.